What's going on, everybody? I'm finally back. Yes. Although it is with a very heavy heart because last Friday, tragically, Taylor Hawkins of the Foo Fighters unfortunately passed away. I was going to go see them play in October. I was pretty excited about that. But unfortunately, yesterday they put out an official statement saying, that all the Foo Fighter concert dates for this year were officially canceled. My heart goes out to the Foo Fighters, to Taylor Hawkins' family, his close friends, to the Foo Fighter fans, to Perry Farrell of Jane's Addiction. I saw his eulogy video. Heart goes out to him and his wife. Miley Cyrus, she was very emotional. She was actually a fill-in for for them. I don't think she was supposed to be at the festival, but she was a fill-in for them. After they canceled all the South American dates because they were doing Lollapalooza in South America. Yeah, man, it sucks. But guys, remember to follow me, Punch in the Mouth Official on Instagram and official underscore PITM on Twitter. Have a great day. There's no fights this weekend, but I will be uploading a lot of YouTube content. And the podcast is finally back. Have a great day, guys. Deuces. Hello everybody, I do apologize for being away for so long, there was circumstances out of my control that were going on, but luckily we're back, episode 45, let's get right into it. Now I'm going to tell you straight up, I know Colby versus Masvidal happened, Akilai versus Santos happened, and then UFC England happened. I'm not going to get into too much detail because I feel... Time for those events have passed, but I will get. We're still gonna talk about Patty the, the Batty. We're still gonna talk about the Jorge Masvidal situation that went down after the fight, where he found out where Colby was at and he assaulted him on the street. I'm calling it as it is. That's what it was. It was an assault. You may not agree with that wording or verbiage, but that's what it was. And we're going to look at the Columbus fights this weekend. We're going to look at the Nate Diaz situation. We're going to look at Patty's 12 on 12 comment. His his pay. We're going to look at what's next for Colby and Jorge. 
And then we're going to look forward. There's no UFC fights this weekend. I find it kind of ironic that the weekend I the week I come back, there's no fights this weekend. So this would have been my week off if I was able to hold up a regular schedule, but I wasn't. So here we go. And the YouTube videos will be coming out. Trust me on that. I just got to record some of them. Because the ones I've recorded so far, I don't like, so. I'm going to make better ones for you guys, because that's what you guys deserve. But let's get into it. UFC Columbus. Curtis Blades beats Chris Dawkins. Alexa Grasso beats Joanne Wood. Brian Barbarina beats Matt Brown. Kai Kara France beats Ashkar Ashcroft. Neil Magny beats Max Griffin. Ali Habab. His Riev beats Dennis Tutulin. Manion Firiat Firot beats Jennifer Maya. I didn't say all the ones because these were the ones that interest me the most. This Fiot girl. She's the real deal, man. I want to see what she's going to end up doing in flyweight. Is she ranked? I don't know if she's ranked. If she is, give her the person that's too above her. Let me see if she's ranked. She has to be ranked because Jennifer Maya was ranked. So I'm going to go check. Yeah, she's number seven. She just beat Jennifer Maya. Alexa Grasso also won. So how... The problem is, if you have Fiat fight Alexa Grasso, that's two superstars, that's two up-and-comers taking each other out. If I was the UFC, I would either put one of them against Lauren Murphy and then the other one against Caitlin Chukagin. And then if they both win there, whoever's more impressive fights for the title because Talia Santos is going to fight Valentina in June. They already announced that. We're going to get to that a little later. So if I'm them, I would have Kaylin Chukagin fight Fiot and then Have Lauren Murphy fight Alexa Grasso. Or the other way around. Have Lauren Murphy fight Manon Fio. And then Caitlin Chukagin fight Alexa Grasso. Either way, th those are good fights. It gives number two and four. Number two, four and seven something to do. Because Jennifer Maia just lost and she's number six. I want to know how she wasn't at least put above her, like, have Fiot, Fiot, it's because I look at it and I want to say Fiot, but it's Fiot, I want to know how Fiot didn't end up being number six instead of number seven if she just beat Jennifer Ma, this is the one thing I never understand about these rankings, how are you still under the girl you just beat? 
That would be foolish if they do Alexa Grasso versus Perot because, like I just said, they're two up-and-comers. They're fresh blood. Build on them. Talia Santos is about to go and fight Valentina Chevchenko. Ali Habas, Hizria beats Dennis Tuchulini. Now this Ali Habab guy, he's going down to welterweight, okay? He's Khabib's guy. Can you imagine him versus Hamza? When I heard he was going down to featherweight, like, I started thinking, because to me, Hamza is going to be champion. It's just a matter of time. I don't know if he's going to be Usman, but I don't know how long Usman is going to be around. But can you imagine those two guys at number one and number two for a while? Can you imagine the wrestling that would take place in that fight? Can you guys? If he's going to go down to 170, I doubt they're going to give him a top 15 guy, but if it were up to me, I would give him a top 15 guy because he's ready. He's ready, bro. Give him Ragmarov, or give him Ponzinibbio, or Li Lang. Who I don't want you to give him is Danny Rodriguez, because he's coming off of a hand injury. Or even Michael Chiesa. Oh, that guy's too high, because he's number 10. No, give him Ragmarov. I like... Shafkat Ragmara, but that'd be a good fight right there. Give him that fight. I'd watch it. I don't know, but we got to keep our eye on. Can I tell you guys a story? This guy is the only reason I ever watched an episode of the Contender Series because I heard he was going to be on it. And I heard he was part of Khabib's team. And till this day, this is the only episode that I ever watched of Dana White's Contender Series. That guy's the truth, man. And that's only with two fights in the UFC that's counting the Contender Series. Kaikara France beats Ashkar Ashcroft. Can I tell you guys I'm surprised? Because I thought it was a matter of time before Ashkar Ashcroft fought for the title and won. But I was dead wrong. Dead wrong. Kaikara France. Who should he fight next? He, he If they're going to do the fourth fight with Brandon Moreno and Davison Figueredo, he fights nobody and he gets the winner of that. He deserves that much. If you try to make him fight somebody else, that is atrocious. That is egregious, atrocious, whatever word you want to use. He should fight nobody until they tell him he's fighting for the title. Brian Barberino versus Matt Brown. A lot of people think Matt Brown won the fight. I think Brian Barberino won the fight, but I have to go back and look at it before I give you an honest, honest opinion. Just, I only watched it once and I thought Brian Barberino did enough. Alexa Grasso versus Joanne Wood. Alexa Grasso wins by rear naked choke. Congratulations, Alexa. Curtis Blade showed he didn't need wrestling against Chris Dawkins. He TKO'd him. Now, the problem I had, there was two things. The heavyweight's kind of a mess right now, right? Because you have Francis in this whole contract 
dispute going on. And then you have Cyril, you have Stipe, and you have Ty, Curtis, and then you have Derek, and then you have Tom Aspinall. Let's take out Derek because he just lost to Ty. The number six guy fights like a welterweight. The number four guy just showed he's not a wrestler. The number three guy just knocked out Derek Lewis out cold. Something Francis couldn't even do. Something Cyril couldn't even do. Cyril TKO'd him. I'm telling you, Taitui Basa knocked this guy out cold. Now you have Stipe who hasn't fought since he lost to Francis over a year ago. And then you have Cyril. So Curtis Bates gets on the mic and says he wants to fight Cyril gone for an interim belt. We just had an interim belt. Like, come on, bro. I understand. I understand. But my point here is we, we don't need interim belts. We just need people to fight and become the clear number one contender. Point of me saying all this, you can give a title shot to Cyril. You can give a title shot to Stipe. You can give a title shot to Taitui Basa. Even Curtis Blades, even Tom Aspinall. We need these guys to fight each other. We don't need an interim belt. My point is we don't need an interim belt. Daniel's talking about taking the UFC back to Europe at some point. You put Tom Aspinall versus any one of these guys. That'll sell. He doesn't need to be the main event. But just put a top-notch heavyweight fight on the card. He said he wanted to fight Taito Ivasa. That's a good fight. That's a good fight. And then John Jones, the other problem is John Jones lurking out there. The one thing I can tell you guys is it's not 100% Francis will or won't fight this year because I talked to his manager recently. I asked him, I'm like, well, is he going to fight this year? He's like, it depends on his, on his healing because I'm not going to let him fight injured again. Which is something I can respect. Although Francis gets a lot of flag by the way he looked. Guys, he, his knees were torn apart. You should feel lucky that Francis fought that day. He could have easily pulled out and said no, but he didn't want to be stuck in um, contract negotiations, which is what Nate is stuck in right now. So if Francis would have said no, and I'm going to make a video on this, if Francis would have said no to that fight when they offered it to him, they extend his contract by six months. So let's say his contract is supposed to end June 2023. And now ends December 2023 if he, if he didn't take that fight. But with Francis being a champion now... His contract has an expiration date because he's in that one-year champion's clause. But at this point, if Francis fights within that champion's clause, like if he fights one of those fights and loses, he's automatically let go because he's no longer a champion, so the clause doesn't apply to him. Something similar to what AJ's going to do because I recently talked to AJ's manager, and she told me I don't know if things have changed now because it's been a few I want to say two weeks since I talked to her. He's going to fight the first fight of his Champions Clause with his rematch with Pitbull coming up on April 15th. 
So now AJ's betting on himself because if AJ wins, he's still champion. But the time is running out because the champion's clock is activated July 31st, 2021. We're going to April 15th, 2022. If he wins, I don't see him taking another fight before July. If he does, he'll take it, I believe, in June. It depends how hurt he comes out of this fight. If he comes out unscathed, I don't know. AJ will have a lot of leverage if he wins this next fight and they don't come to terms. The UFC and Bellator, they try to avoid these things. And even before these clauses come into play, they try to sign, to re-sign them. Which is what the UFC tried to do with Francis, but Francis wasn't budging on his position. Going back, the only thing I didn't like about Curtis Blaze's call-out was that he wanted to fight for an interim belt. He said, he could have said, I want to fight Cyril Gunn. I would have been fine with that. The problem for me was, you said, I want to fight for the interim belt. We don't need interim belts, bro. We don't. Stop it. You can have... Tied to Ivasa versus Tom Aspinall. I could care less if it's for the interim belt. Because they don't mean anything. You can have Curtis Blades versus Cyril Gunn on ESPN+. Plus Without an interim belt, they don't mean anything. You can have Stipe Miocic versus John Jones. Like, that fight in itself is big. You can have that on pay-per-view with no interim belt. Now, if these guys keep fighting and they see there's no sign of Francis coming back, then we can talk about an interim belt or possibly stripping Francis because his contract will expire in January 2023. So if, Francis, if they get word that, yo, Francis is not going to be able to fight and he's not going to sign a new deal, then you let him go, you strip him, and then... We, we talk about a title. But not right now. Don't, don't come at me with, oh, yeah, and we're going to probably set up an interim title fight. Dana's already came out and said that. We don't need it. We don't need it. Please, we don't need it. So, Patty Pimblett came out and said, I made 12000 to win and 12000 to show. That's twenty. That's twenty four thousand dollars. On top of that, he got a fifty k bonus. So just in his show win money, he made twenty four thousand plus the fifty k bonus. That's seventy four thousand. And then there's something that came out and said that he made 107k, and then he refuted that. Now this is a hot topic, right? Because Patty the Batty, he was in the news leading into fight week, and I'm gonna get into why right now. But Ilya Tapuria, remember, like he confronted Patty Pimblet. The reason is, Patty made some disparaging comments towards the country of Georgia. 
Not Georgia, Georgia. The articles are here. New UFC star Patty Pimblet already in hot water as fellow fighter Liliana Georgia points out xenophobic comments. Patty Pimblet is already creating an enmity between himself and other fighters in the promotion because of allegedly xenophobic comments he made. The 26-year-old Liverpoolian joined the UFC after a successful stint at Cage Warriors where he won the featherweight championship. Georgians heavily criticized the baddie after he wrote a tweet that was considered offensive by many as he trash-talked UFC fighter Guram Kuteslave. The tweet has since been deleted, but it read, Lad, how stupid are these Georgian men? No wonder the Russians terrorized their lives. Okay, because he said this, If I don't know if you guys followed the, the lead-up to UFC London, but Ilya Tapuria is also Georgian, and he confronted him about it, and they fought at like a fighter, I guess. It was the fighter meeting, or they were doing some type of media for the UFC. And so they both won that night. And now Ilya wants to fight him, but at the post-fight press conference, Patty said, I'm not going to fight him. Why should I fight him? And he also said, I won't fight a top 15 guy until I get a better contract. So, I don't know how many fights Patty Pimblitz or the standard starter contracts for UFC is. But let's say it's somewhere between... I know it's more than three, so I want to say somewhere between four to six. Let's say it's four to six. Let's just say it's six. For, for, for argument's sake, it's going to be six fights. He's already done two. He still owes four more. But what the UFC does, if they see a person is a bigger star, they'll try to re-sign them much earlier. My point is, he went on the post-fight press conference and said, I'm not going to fight a top 15 guy until I get a better contract because the standard contract is BS. It's basically what he said. Which I agree with him. Because I'm going to tell you guys something. Patty Pimblet has had more noise, as far as I can remember, his intro to the UFC, unless I'm just older now when he debuted than when Conor was. Because Conor was on the prelims of a UFC on field card. He was on, he was on the Swedish prelims for when... Alexander Gustafsson fought Thiago Santos. He was on the prelims. He fought a guy named Marcus Brimage. Patty Pimlet has his debut was opening the main card. And then he is easily the draw for UFC London. As much as I love Tom Aspinall, let's be honest, the draw was Patty Pimlet. Now Has he gotten caught? Yes, but he shows he can finish, and I guarantee you that kid can go five rounds. I guarantee you he can go five rounds. Should he deserve a better contract? 
Will he get it? I don't know. They're probably going to make him fight one more time on this contract. And then talk about signing him to a new deal. Now, let, let's play devil's advocate here because a lot of people are saying that Patty should have never gotten this standard contract. Patty should have been offered a bigger entry contract. Okay. Let's see it through the UFC's eyes. Let's say they offer him a $250,000 contract. Let's say. What if he gets smoked in the first round, in, the fir in his first fight? He gets smoked in the second fight. The UFC, I understand, I understand. They're look, they have to look out for themselves. It's a business. They have to look out for themselves. If they guarantee him all this type of money and he loses, they're losing, they're losing their return on investment. This guy's supposed to sell out arenas for us. We're giving him all his money and can't win a fight. What I believe Patty isn't seeing, and I believe even most people aren't seeing, is if he keeps winning, he's building leverage. Is the next contract going to be what he wants? Probably not. Is it going to be better? Yeah. You keep winning and selling out these arenas. You don't think it's going to get to a point where you're going to get the quote-unquote Conor McGregor treatment? Connor can do whatever the fuck he wants. Why? Because he's proven I'm the guy. Patty's on that path. I guarantee you Connor's first contract wasn't what he wanted, but he did it anyway. I guarantee you Connor's second contract wasn't what he wanted, but he did it anyway. I guarantee you the third contract wasn't what he wanted, but he did it. Until he got to where he wanted it. So all Patty has to keep doing is winning. And Patty... Connor's a striker. Patty's a grappler. Patty knows the harder of the two. He can become a, a great striker. The only other person I've ever seen go from striker to good grappler was GSP. Because for the most part, you see grapplers become great strikers. But you never see a great striker become a grappler. Nick and Nate, they started off as jiu-jitsu fighters. Their boxing developed very good. Um, another example is Paul Daly. He hates the takedown. Mike Perry was another one that hated being taken down. Again, the only guy with this exception was George St. Pierre. Okay, now we're going to talk about the George situation. So you guys remember the build-up to the Kobe Covington, Jorge Mazadal fight? Kobe kept calling him a deadbeat dad and he has to pay a bunch in alimony and all that stuff. I don't want to repeat it because if you, you watched it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. My point is, and I understand he, for 100% Kobe Covington should never have said that and this and that. He said all of that before the fight. Before you had 25 minutes to do whatever you wanted to him. The only thing you probably couldn't do was bite him and poke his eyes out. And hit him in the back of the head or kick him 
in the face while he was down. You can still kick him in the body, but just not in the face. He outgrappled, he outplayed you for 25 minutes. He even threw hands with you and had a good exchange. You dropped him, yeah. I'll give you that. But he wins pretty decisively. And then after that, he did not talk about you whatsoever. And somehow you find him with the Nelk boys. This is Jorge I'm talking about. He finds him with the Nelk boys at this restaurant. Somehow gets Colby to come outside. Runs up on him and hits him in the back of the head. Uh, no, in the head. And then some other guy runs up and hits him. Like, what are you doing? Are you serious? Like, you had 25 minutes and you, you didn't want to... Not that he didn't want to... You, you lost, so you're going to resort to street violence? And, like, people praising him, like, what's wrong with you? And I'm talking about people that I personally know, like, what's wrong with you guys? Did Kobe cross the line? 100%. But they fought already. And now he gets arrested? Keep in mind, Jorge just signed a new deal. The UFC could easily pull that deal out. And his his MMA promotion that's on Fight Pass, that goes out the window. Are they going to do that? Probably not. But now what? Now when George comes back, everybody's going to laugh at him. It's already happening on the internet. I'm not saying anything. Breaking news. Like, it's already happening on the internet. People have already turned on him. But now what is this setup? It sets up the rematch. And it's going to happen now because I can already hear it. I can already hear Kobe going, Oh, you had to, you had to sucker punch me in order to get, get one over on me. We're going to see if that happens in the rematch, watch. Because did you guys ever notice that after the, the fact that he never, other than posting about it for a week, he never, like, physically mentioned George's name? And then, on the other hand, people saying that health-wise he's not doing good. I'm like, come on, bro. He didn't even, did he break your tooth? Yeah. Did they hit you in the eye? Yeah, but, like. It's not that you guys got into a full fight. I don't know, man. I'm just... I'm disappointed at the situation. I don't think... That should be acceptable. And... Because now, more people are going to do it. People are going to tell me, well, Khabib did it. I'm like, yeah, but Khabib didn't do it to a guy he just fought. He did it to his corner. Because the dude wouldn't stop talking. That I do understand. My point is here. They fought. And Colby beat him. UFC 275 is going to Singapore. So now. Remember how. He, okay okay. For Where I want to go with this is. Remember when I told you guys. is I don't see this. If this card stays intact, I don't see Charles Oliveira versus Justin Gaethje being put over Glover Teixeira 
and you read Prochatska, even though Oliveira versus Gaethje's the bigger fight, and that's gonna have the fans' interest. I told they moved Erie and Teixeira to June, so now they're gonna go fight in Singapore. And the co-main event to that is gonna be Talia Santos versus Valentina Chevchenko. It's gonna be a crazy fight, and. Let me see here. I believe it's going to... Here on the West Coast, prelims... Either the main card or prelims are going to start super early. Let me see. Okay. According to this press release... The prelims are going to start at 6 a.m. as... GT time. What is SGT time in? Oh, so it's starting early in the morning over there. So for us, it's gonna be um. Okay, so for us, it's gonna be like a regular pay per view day. So they're the ones that are gonna be up super early in the morning fighting. But for us, it'll be a regular pay-per-view. So there's that. But yeah, Glover versus Yuri Prochatska will now be on June... I want to say 15th. June 12th. So for us, it'll be June 11th. I believe so. Like, let, let me see. Because right here it says it'll take place Sunday, June 12th. But I think that's only for the live crowd. Yeah, so for us, I believe it'll be June 11th. June 11th is Saturday. I believe it'll be that day. Can't wait for this fight. You know why? Because a lot of people have given me a lot of flag that I want to see Hamza fight for the belt. But the mere fact that this is only going to be Yuri's third fight in the UFC. And he's already getting a title shot. And I understand some some divisions are more stacked than others that I do get. And Yuri's got a good claim because he just knocked out a dude that gave John Jones a super hard time. We shall see, man. It's going to be a great fight. I don't know who's going to win. So we'll see what happens. Nate Diaz situation. So on Saturday, Nate Diaz... put out a tweet saying, I would like to request my release from the UFC, Dana White. Hunter, I apologize for asking online, but you don't give me a fight ASAP. I got things to do. Nate, Nate text some guy named Hunter, but it's not Hunter Campbell. Okay. Nate Diaz last fought Leon Edwards on June of 2020, right? 
That was his last fight. And that was the second to last fight on his contract. So now he's on the last fight of his contract. And then according to Ariel, I didn't know this, but they had offered Nate a fight with Hamza Chimaev. Now, I'm pretty sure Nate looked at that and be like, oh, well, this newcomer, he's running through everybody. That doesn't do much for me. At least Leon was a was in the top three. So that does something for Nate. Now, your argument is, well, if he does this fight like Francis did with Cyril, his contract would be done. Yes, but there's a difference here. Francis is a champion. There's more incentive, there's more value to him if he wins. And he knew he could probably beat him. I don't know if Nate thinks he could beat Hamza. He's not going to come out and say that publicly. My point here is Nate loses to the newcomer. He loses some value. He loses to Leon Edwards. His stock doesn't go down all that much. Nate played it smart. But the UFC played it smart because, like how I explained earlier, if Francis would have turned down the zero fight, they can extend the contract for six months. Since Nate Diaz turned the contract down, the fight down, six-month extension. And they'll keep doing it, too. They'll keep doing it. They're going to offer him fights he's no, he's not going to want. They're like, there's no way he takes this fight offered to him. And then six months, six months, six months. Their tactic is... To get him to sign a new deal. Do they probably intend to have him fight the X amount of fights? No. They just want to keep him under contract so he doesn't go somewhere else to make money. Now you're asking, should he have taken the fight with Hamza? I don't know because like I just said, if he loses, his stock goes down drastically. Now if Hamza goes on to be a world beater, Nate will probably accept the fight later. Because he, he keeps saying, I don't want to fight this new guy that he's been here for five minutes. Now, if he wins, like if he were to beat um, Colby Covington or Jorge, that might grab Nate's attention. And then he said, like, all right, let's fight. But, yeah, that's where Nate stands right now. Oh, and the other thing is they probably want to make a lot of money with a third Conor fight. That's another possibility. We Did anybody ever think about that? Because the that's what the UFC is thinking. That's what the UFC is thinking. Because if this is truly going to be Nate's last fight, they're going to want it to be a big one so they can make money. And they're 1-1 right now. So we'll see what happens. We shall see what happens. What else we got? I believe there's two more things. We're going to do matchmaker. Let's do matchmaker right now. Let's do matchmaker right now. And then we're going to talk about Alex Pereira and his upcoming fight. And then there's one more thing that I didn't put in my notes that I want to talk about. So, okay. Let's start off with Magomed Akilaev. So, Magomed Akilaev just beat um, Tiago Santos. 
you can have him fight Smith because I believe the UFC is going to try to rebook Alexander Rakic versus Jan Brakovic. Yuri's going to... Yuri's not probably. He's fighting for the belt. It's already announced. What am I saying? So if, if I'm Anthony Smith, that's the fight I'm calling for right there because that guy has a lot of stock in his name, Magomed Akilaev. Because I believe they're going to try to reboot Jan Brakovic versus Alexander Rakic. Dominic Gray should fight Paul Craig or Thiago Santos. Tom Aspinall should fight Curtis Blades, Ty Tuiva. Tom Aspinall should be shooting for the stars and calling out number four through one. Or one through four. Will he get zero? Probably not. He wants to fight Ty. That's a good fight. I want to see that one. Give him Ty. He's making my job easy for me. Give him Ty. Ty wants to fight Stipe. That's cool too. Give him Stipe. Give him somebody, bro. Please. Juliana Pena and Amanda Nunes are already scheduled to fight. I believe they're not scheduled, but they're going to fight because they're going to do the ultimate fighter. I should have said that. Rose is going to fight Carla Esparza, I believe, this weekend. Next weekend. Is it? No, she's fighting her in May. Sorry, I thought it was... This upcoming week. No, what am I saying? Peter Young and Algermain Sterling. Come on, Adrian. You Guys, it's been just don't pay no mind to me. It's been it's it's it's, it's, it's I'm going through it, bro. I'm going through it. It's cool. But yeah, May 7th, Rose Lamayunas fights Carlos Barza. There's also when Charles fights Justin Gaethje. I would want to see Neil Magny fight Sean Brady. Because after that, it becomes Jorge, Steven Thompson, Bulal Muhammad, who's going to fight Vicente Luque. That fight's already scheduled after Jacksonville. Leon's going to fight Usman. They just have to schedule the day. But Burns is going to fight Chimaev. I don't know if Colby stays at 170 or he goes to 185. I don't know. And then for middleweight, Robert's going to fight Marvin Vittori. So that leaves it open for Jared to finally fight. Adesanya. Paulo is looking to fight with Derek Brunson. Darren Till is going to fight Uriah Hall. Kevin Gastelum is going to fight with Duplices. I forgot his first name. Because he was supposed to fight Nasruddin Imona, but he couldn't get into the country. Heavyweight's a mess. Valentina's gonna fight Talia Santos. Um, 
Like, it, it gets hard because at this point, all the champions, they're booked. The only one not booked is Francis. Like, let me see. This Oliveira's booked. Usman's booked. I gave you who probably Israel's going to fight. Teixeira's booked. Uh, Brandon, I mean, sorry, Davidson Figueredo. He wants to fight. These are his words, not mine. The dirty Kiwi Kai Kara France. He's probably going to fight Moreno first. But like I said earlier, Kai Kara France, you fight nobody until they offer you that title fight. You understand me? You fight nobody. There's no point. Even if they come at you with Alejandre Pantoja, you say no. No. Absolutely not. No. I want a title shot. If I have to wait for Moreno and Figueredo to fight, you say fine. But you do not accept anything less other than a title shot. Ryan Ortega is going to fight Yair Rodriguez. I would hate to do this to him, but then Calvin Cater should fight Arnold Allen or Josh Emmett. Because he just beat the brakes off of Giga Chikaze. And then I would want to see Giga fight Bryce Mitchell. That would be a good fight. Volkanovski going to fight Korean Zombie. And then Max is in the same situation. That was supposed to be Max's fight, but Max got hurt. And then they moved the fight a month later. So Max is in the same situ situation as Kai Car Friends. Do not accept another fight other than a title shot. Please, Max. At heavyweight. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to do this. <laughs> You you put Cyril Gunn versus Curtis Blades. Don't do an interim title belt, please. Don't 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 just don't don't do it. Do not do it. You put Tom Aspinall versus Taito Ivasa. And then we put Stipe versus John Jones. And then If John Jones absolutely obliterates Stipe, it doesn't matter. The winner of Stipe versus John Jones gets the next title shot. But a legit title shot, whether it be stripping Francis or them fighting Francis. And then the winner of Tom Aspinall, Taito Ivasa, Cyril Gunn, and Curtis Blades. The winner of those two fights fight each other for the next shot. You're welcome, world. You're welcome. Um, have Rosinha Rosenstrike fight Chris Dawkins whenever they're ready. Marina, what, what ranking are you, Marina? Marina's number three. Again, Marina, Marina Rodriguez is in a more. She's in one of three. Like there, there's two fights outside of title fight. She should accept anything less than these next three fights. I'm about to say. Don't accept. Marina either gets a title shot next, or if she doesn't hear one of these two names come across the table or out of the mouth 
of whoever is going to do her next fight, you say no. She can either fight for the belt, fight Joanna, or fight Yang Wei Li or Wei Li Yang. If none of those three come out, you say no until one of them does. Why Joanna? Because of the staple Joanna is in the strawweight division. Why Wei Li? Because she's number one and she only has a split decision loss. And yes, the first one was a knockout. But the second one was split decision to Rose Lama Yunus. If she beats one of those two girls, or if not both, and then goes on to win the belt, she solidifies her name in the division. Not Probably not as one of the goals, but very similar to Alex Volkanovsky. took on all comers, and you won. Um, I would like to see Amanda Hebas rematch Mackenzie Dern. The only reason I say this is because, yes, Amanda Hebas beat her, but that was right as Mackenzie Dern was coming back from being pregnant. I don't believe that was the smartest move on Mackenzie's part. But, yeah, that's all I got because we talked about Matchmaker a little bit earlier, and I said I told myself I wasn't going to do that. Oh, and Irene Aldana is out. Raquel Pennington is in, but I forgot. Is it Aspen Lad? It is Aspen Lad because, yeah, it is. So, I don't know why, but Irene Aldana is out of her fight with... Aspen Lad has a new opponent for a return to the Bantamweight division. Well, people with knowledge... Of the promotions plans confirmed to MMA fighting that Irene Aldana has been forced to withdraw from her scheduled matchup with Lad. Raquel Pennington steps in on short notice at UFC 273. So it doesn't say why. But yeah, so Raquel Pennington is going to fight Aspen Lad. I believe they're the headliner for the prelims. But that's all I got for you guys. In matchmaking sense, we still got a couple more things to talk about. Like the return of Alex Pejeda or Pereira. He's going to fight Sean Strickland. July 30th, UFC 277. I don't know if that's just a plan or if that's already... Confirmed. The UFC are so high on Alex Pereira because Alex Pereira is not even in the top 15. But yeah, they're going to let him fight the number... He's tied for number 4 between Derek Brunson and Paulo Costa. So right now in the UFC's rankings, Paulo Costa, Sean Strickland, and Derek Brunson are tied for number 4. So if Alex Pereira goes in and... Smokes this guy, which I don't think I'm not saying Alex Pereira can't win, but I don't think he's gonna smoke him. Um, we might see him fight Izzy after one more. If he can fight one more fight after this fight, and he fights up, he might fight Izzy at early 2023. 
or if he smokes Strickland and fights September, and he could probably, if he can do it, he could probably fight by the end of the year. Or if he smokes Strickland easily enough, he can probably, because let's look at it. Robert and Marvin are going to fight. How do we know they're not going to come out all hurt? I don't know how soon they're gonna they're going to book Jerry Cannonier versus Israel. It I'm pretty sure it's gonna be somewhere in October soon. If it's in October, probably not. But that doesn't stop um, Pereira from probably fighting on that card to solidify his position as the next number one contender. You never know. Like what? What if Alex wins and then he calls out the winner of Vittori mm. and Whitaker? He in his last fight after he won, he called out Jared Cannonier. I, I didn't understand that at all, but okay, you know. So we'll see, man. We shall see. Okay. Okay, so we all know what's going on in Ukraine, right? I had reached out to Bellator asking So last week the Bellator I was gonna say the UFC Bellator officially made an announcement because Yaroslav Amosov is Ukrainian. He's currently fighting on the front lines. So this is Bellator's official statement. Bellator confirmed today that undefeated welterweight champion Yagoslav Amosov, who is actively defending his home country of Ukraine, has withdrawn from his upcoming title defense against Michael Venom Page on Friday, May 13th. MVP will now face number four ranked Logan Storley, who is fresh off a career defining victory over Neam Gracie in the main event of Bellator 281. The new matchup between Page and Storley will see the two world class fighters fight for the interim Bellator welterweight belt. Like the rest of the world, we've been shocked by the trailer. Okay. So I had reached out asking because I had already seen this coming. Their response, I like it because Thorley, like the press release said, he's coming off of a win over um, Liam Gracie. He gave Amosov the hardest fight Amosov has ever experienced. Amosov still won. But that was a hard fight. I saw it. We shall see, man. It's going to be a great fight. The co-main is Douglas Lima versus Jason Jackson. And then there's a middleweight fight between Leona Machida and Leon Edwards' brother Fabian Edwards. Denise Keoholtz was going to fight Kana. Watanabe, 
And then Paul Daly was supposed to fight Andre Korshka, but I don't think he was able to get a visa. Daniel Weichel's coming back. Great fights, man. Great fight. Of course, Bellator returns April 15th with the title defense of AJ McKee versus Pitbull 2 and the light heavyweight Grand Prix finals. Um, Madim Nemkov versus Corey Anderson. Great fights. But that's all I got for you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed. I'm sorry I took forever to come back. I will do this more on a regular basis. I love you guys. Peace.